Hello and welcome to the Reformational Anglican Podcast, where we explore the riches of the Anglican faith to help the church today. I'm your host today, Ryan Scott, and this will be the first of many episodes where we'll be reading together the Anglican Book of Homilies. The homilies were composed during the time of the Reformation to be read out in churches where there wasn't a priest who was able to preach. They contain uh, many of the main doctrines of the Reformation, as well as practical guides to live in the Christian life. At this time, Cranmer wants to get the Bible into the hands of the English people. And this first homily, we think, was written by Thomas Cranmer himself. And it is, as the title suggests, a fruitful exhortation to the reading and knowledge of Holy Scripture. In this first half, Cranmer lavishes the highest praise on Scripture. He argues that everything we need to know for our salvation is in it perfectly. And therefore, he gives us a passionate plea to open our Bibles and read. A fruitful exhortation to the reading and knowledge of Holy Scripture, part one. To a Christian man, there can be nothing either more necessary or profitable than the knowledge of Holy Scripture. For as much as in it contains God's true word, the setting forth of his glory, and also our duty. And there is no truth nor doctrine necessary for our justification and everlasting salvation, but that which is or may be drawn out of that fountain and well of truth. Therefore, as many as be desirous to enter into the right and perfect way unto God, must apply their minds to know Holy Scripture, without which they can neither sufficiently know God and his will, neither can they know their office or duty. And his drink is pleasant to them that be thirsty, and meat to them that be hungry. So is the reading, hearing, searching, and studying of Holy Scripture to them that be desirous to know God or themselves, and to do his will. And their stomachs do only loathe and abhor the heavenly knowledge and food of God's word, that be so drowned in worldly vanities, that they neither fear for God nor any godliness. For that is the cause why they desire such vanities rather than the true knowledge of God. They're like those sick with a plague. Whatever they eat and drink, though it be never so pleasant, yet for them it is bitter to them as wormwood. Not for the bitterness of the meat, but for the corrupt, bitter humour that is in their own tongue and mouth. Even so, is the sweetness of God's word bitter, not for itself, but only unto them that have their minds corrupted with long custom of sin and love of this world. Therefore, forsaking the corrupt judgment of fleshly men who care not but for their carcass, let us reverently hear and read holy scriptures, which are the food of the soul. Matthew 4, 4. Let us diligently search for the well of life in the books of the New and Old Testament and not run to the stinking puddles of men's traditions devised by men's imagination for our justification and salvation. For in Holy Scripture is fully contained what we ought to do, what to avoid, what to believe, what to love and what to look for at God's hand. In these books we shall find the Father from whom the Son by whom, and the Holy Spirit in whom, all things have their being and keeping up. And in these three persons there be but one God 
and one substance. In these books, we may learn how to know ourselves, how vile and miserable we are, but also to know God, how good he is of himself and how he makes us and all creatures partakers of his goodness. We may learn also in these books to know God's will and pleasure as much as for the present time is convenient for us to know. As the great clerk and godly preacher John Chrysostom says, whatever is required for the salvation of man is fully contained in the scripture of God. He that is ignorant may there learn and have knowledge. He that is hard-hearted and an obstinate sinner shall there find everlasting torments to make him afraid and soften him. He that is oppressed with misery in this world shall there find relief in the promises of everlasting salvation to his great consolation and comfort. He that is wounded by the devil shall there find medicine whereby he may be restored again unto health. If he should be required to teach any virtue or approve false doctrine or rebuke any vice or commend any virtue, to give good counsel, to comfort or to exhort or to do any other thing essential for our salvation. All those things, says St. Chrysostom, we may learn plentifully from the scripture. There is, says Fulgentius, abundantly enough, both for men to eat and children to suck. There is whatever is meet for all ages and all degrees and sorts of men. These books, therefore, ought to be much in our hands and in our eyes and in our ears and in our mouths, but most of all in our hearts. For the scripture of God is heavenly meat for our souls. Matthew 4, 4. The hearing and keeping of it makes us blessed. Luke eleven twenty eight. It sanctifies us. John seventeen seventeen. It makes us holy. It turns our souls. Psalms 19 verses 7 to 10. It is a light lantern to our feet, Psalms 119, verse 105. It is a sure, steadfast and everlasting instrument of salvation. It gives wisdom to the humble and lowly hearts. It comforts, makes glad and cherishes our conscience. It is a more excellent jewel or treasure than any gold or precious stone. It is more sweet than honey of the honeycomb. It is called the best part which Mary did choose, for in it hath eternal comfort. Luke 10, 42. The words of Holy Scripture are called the words of everlasting life, John 6, 68, for they be God's instrument ordained for the same purpose. They have power to turn through God's promise and they be effectual through God's assistance and being received in a faithful heart, they have an ever heavenly spiritual working in them. They're lively, quick and mighty in operation, sharper then than any two-edged sword which enters through even onto the dividing asunder of soul and spirit of the joints and the marrow. Hebrews 4.12 Christ calls him a wise builder that builds upon his word, upon his sure and substantial foundation. Matthew 7.24 by this word of God, we shall be judged. For the word that I speak, says Christ, is that which will judge on the last day. John twelve forty eight. He that keeps the word of Christ is promised the love and favour of God. 
and he shall be the dwelling place or temple of the blessed Trinity. John 14, 23. This word, whosoever is diligent to read and in his heart to print what he reads, the great affection to the transitory things of this world shall be diminished in him and the great desire of heavenly things that be therein promised of God shall increase in him. And there is nothing that so much strengthens our faith and trust in God, that so much keeps up innocency and pureness of heart, and also of outward godly life and conversation, as the continual reading and recording of God's word. For that thing, which by the continual use and reading of Holy Scripture, and diligent searching of the same, is deeply printed and graven in the heart, at length turns almost into one's nature. And moreover, the effect and virtue of God's word is to illuminate the ignorant, to give more light unto them that faithfully and diligently read it, to comfort their hearts, to encourage them to perform that which God commanded. It teaches patience in adversity, in prosperity, humbleness. What honour is due unto God? What mercy and charity to your neighbour? It gives good counsel in all doubtful things. It shows of whom we shall look for aid in all help and help for in all perils. And that God is the only giver of victory in all battles and temptations of our enemies, both bodily and spiritual. And in the reading of God's word, he that profits most is he that turns to it most. He will find that he is most inspired with the Holy Spirit, most in his heart and life altered and changed into that thing which he reads, that he is daily less and less proud, less wrathful, less covetous, less desirous of worldly and vain pleasures. He that daily, forsaken his old vicious life, increases in virtue more and more. And to be sure, there is nothing that more maintains godliness of mind and drives away all ungodliness than the continual reading and hearing of God's word. If it be joined with a godly mind and good affection to know and follow God's will. For without that single eye, pure intent and good mind, nothing is allowed for good before God. But on the other side, nothing more darkens Christ and the glory of God, nor brings in more blindness and all kinds of vices than the ignorance of God's word.